Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome into Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host, the Nathaniel Hackett enthusiast, Mozzie. Ah, oh, jeez. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if I if I like this, Rick. You're, you're, I really don't know if I like this. You gotta you gotta take that take that running back and shove it shove it way way up in there. Shove it way up in the bench because we're not gonna run it. Oh. <laughs> uh, God, that was like the first thing I read when I woke up today is, hey, Nathaniel Hackett's a jet. And I was like, hey, where's the nearest roof that I can jump off of? Look, I, you know, he's had some success as an OC, but God, he was just so bad as a head coach. And it just makes you think that they're only bringing him on hoping they can get Rodgers, which I just saw another team try, and they had a really good season after. So... (laughs) I'm really hoping you know, that Rodgers actually hates Hackett and that teams are trying to lure him but don't realize that he hates him. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, God. <laughs> after, how, yeah, after how his head coaching stint went, I'm like, you know, maybe that's how it went. But, uh, <laughs> yes, we got we got our official uh, audition tape in. So if uh, mm-hmm. if the Adult Swim producers are, are listening, uh, get us on. I feel like what we bring to the table is we capture – that uh the essence yeah there's more it's more of just the actual tonality of the voice it's like the unsureness Mm -hmm. of how he speaks with everything yeah with morty yeah like and and honestly like all the all the morty voice characters are like all just real unsure about everything like they don't have a script in front of them he just has to make things up from what's around him or like it's like a really like bad slow teleprompter like along those lines, right? <laughs> and tonight there's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be cloudy, cloudy with a chance of uh chance of smorgalorgs. Ha <laughs> I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna clip all of our Rick and Morty bits out and uh, put it on online. You know, get it uh get that there tape out go. there way up your butt morty <laughs> oh gosh so so fun yeah we'll uh we'll, we'll spare the the longer jets rants unless you wanted to go into it more but uh at least it sounds like they interviewed a lot of people <sighs> yeah they, they did they did interview a lot of people which makes me a little less upset about getting hack it i mean i want to give anybody a fair shot when it's their turn to try but i I gotta say, it's not starting off very optimistic for me. If you get Rogers, it'll be a lot better. So yeah, it's hope for at this point, I, right? It's for me. It's either gotta be Rogers or Carr with Hackett. I don't Jimmy G. You should have just kept Lafleur. Yeah, I, 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 I talked about like right away when like if we found out Vegas wasn't keeping Carr, I was like, if the Jets' line's healthy, I like that fit. So, yeah, it's just they haven't been for like three years. So yeah. It makes me nervous. <laughs> Rodgers is used to good online too, but we've seen him do fine with out one. So yeah, Carr on the other hand is not. I would laugh if Rodgers went to the Raiders. 
hey, you know what? Maybe we'll get Devontae. <laughs> <laughs> Devontae and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. What else do you need? Oh, that'd be pretty nutty. Oof. I feel like Rodgers would like uh, Renfro as well. Maybe he'd actually find these a tight end if he had Waller. Who knows? Maybe. So, uh, hey, we, we will we will be covering that throughout the offseason. Don't you worry. Uh, but oh, yeah. in the meantime, we are still rounding out this season. We only have two games left. Our final four, our championship round. We start off Sunday at 3 p.m. Eastern, which I'm glad they start at like 3 and 6.30. That's always nice. It's like back-to-back two, and then you just yeah. kind of go to bed. It's nice. Um, this is my favorite weekend in football. Oh, yeah. This is always the best. Championship games are the best. I think they're better than the Super Bowl a lot of times in terms of actual game. Super Bowl gets all the hype, and it's a fun experience, but... These games for football fans, I think, are the best. Mm-hmm. And you get you get two of them. So and you get two of them. <laughs> that's the big bonus. We have uh, San Fran and Philly starting this out, though. We both have Philly. Um, I think Philly covers the two and a half, and then the total is forty six and a half. Yeah, I gotta say, I agree with you on this one. I had initially picked Bengals Niners as sort of a fun rehash of the nineties, but um, that was sort of in the event that one of Philly's divisional opponents was able to take them out. Cowboys didn't get the chance and the Giants looked like shit. So yeah, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that what the Philly brings to the table, they match up well here against the Niners. This was not the matchup I wanted to see <laughs> for my prediction. So I have switched over to Philly as the super uh, attendee from the NFC. Yeah, this, this is the matchup I, I had predicted when I picked Philly. Yeah. So, because I, I liked how it matched up, and, like, looking at it again, like, deeper, I, I still am on that page. <laughs> um, the, the Eagles have, I think we're both on the same page, the Eagles have the O-line and the receivers to beat Philly, which... A lot of teams, like, that's why I really wanted, or to beat, uh, to beat San Fran, I mean, that's why I really wanted the Lions, uh, right. to play San Fran, because they have the O-line and, and the pass catchers, yeah, so I was like, that could have actually worked. Yep, because you need a good O-line to withstand that Niners defensive front seven, because that is the identity of their defense. Mm-hmm. Their secondary is not great, but... It doesn't matter that much because their front seven is so good and their pressure is so good and they're creative with it, so they'll still get pressure on Mm -hmm. Hurts. But if you have good wide receivers to complement a really strong and dominant O-line, which the Eagles have, like, they could put up some numbers here. Yeah, and, like, the the San Fran Rundy is top-notch, too. And that'll be a fun matchup in terms of the run game just because Philly's run game has been so effective in general. But the, the path of least resistance is for sure going to be the pass game. Um, Dak didn't have a great time, and his line didn't really help him a ton either. So we didn't get to see that come to fruition. But like CD still had a good game. There were times when I thought guys were going to like were beat and were going to work out. It just you know didn't end up connecting because uh, the many picks. <laughs> but I, I think the Eagles will be able to make that work here. I uh, I'm all about the Hurts AJ Brown Devonta stack. I um, yeah. I like taking one of them for any time touchdown of the receivers. You can so I I I've done different levels of it. I where I've taken one and both. Um, obviously getting both might be both the passing touchdowns. Um, you know if if they only pass for two touchdowns, which you know happens sometimes with the Eagles. So 
that's a tough one. But the matchup's a lot. The matchup welcomes it, I think. So yeah. And then I also like the over four and a half receptions for AJ Brown. Yeah, I think it's AJ Brown time because I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, the Niners can do this if they can get pressure with four and not just you know rush everybody. So, but they're also going to have to probably bring their safeties down. Yeah. Because they like so Philly's offense runs through that ground game. They have a really dominant you know rushing attack. So they're going to have to stop that. But at the same time, <laughs> they've got you don't want to leave AJ Brown one on one with yeah. anybody. That's that's the dilemma they put you in. <laughs> that's what the yeah. Eagles do. And like, I feel like they'll probably kind of say fuck it and just pull Hufanga down in the box a lot right. to keep tap. Like honestly, if they have him spy Jalen Hurts, that might be the best use of him. <laughs> Like, I'm not yeah. joking, really. That seems like it could be a pretty good use of his skill set to just despise Hurts. Yeah, I agree with that. Which, when you pull somebody down from the secondary into the into the box there for the run game, you know, now you've got potential one-on-ones with some very dangerous wide receivers. Uh, so I'm kind of on the A.J. Brown train here. Devontae is just really good. So He's been I mean, balling out. One of the funniest yeah. things I saw is actually from me to Kaya. She's like, Devontae Smith is so good, but his weakness is that we wear the same pant size. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, he is He is a small guy, but he is large in um, skill. There we go. Pulled it together. He plays big. Kind of like uh, Dotson right now. <laughs> Five... Five seven, but I'm feeling like I'm seven five. Yeah, that's right. He's a he's a little taller than Dawson. Yeah, he's, he's he's not much bigger though. No, I think they they probably weigh the same. Honestly, I yeah. would I wouldn't be shocked if Dawson weighed more. Oh gosh, yeah. I gotta look this up because I thought I thought Devonta Smith was like legit like one seventy. He was when he got drafted. He might have bulked up a bit. What's Dawson like? I'm trying to find this now because <laughs> we're on this train. I gotta I gotta see it through. Yeah, Dawson's one eighty two. Okay. Is Devonta still like 170? Yeah, I mean he look he looks it. Let me find it. He's still <laughs> listed at 170. So. Uh huh. He is the Slim Reaper. The Slim Reaper. Mm-hmm. But I didn't realize he he got like 1,200 yards this year. See, I wouldn't have known that either. Yeah, he he balled out. Like he had one of the best like receiver seasons the Eagles had like in a while. Like he and AJ Brown both did. Yeah. Yeah. Titans really fucked everyone up there, trading AJ Brown to them. <laughs> <laughs> man can't believe they got that going so yeah the, <laughs> the past games here what i like for is what i like for the eagles the main thing yeah the for the san Fran defense is like how they choose to contain because they've got the strong linebacker play to match up the philly run game it's just a matter of like you know the, the hurts factor is the biggest issue so yeah but how how you feeling on the uh, san Fran side i was about to ask that one's tough <laughs> i um i like kittle personally I think Kittle is a good bet. Apart from the fact that Purdy really likes him, uh, the Eagles linebackers are kind of their weakness. Mm-hmm. So that middle of the field where Kittle dominates is really, really good for him. And then my, my thought too was like the, the matchup is just kind of the easier spot too with how good the corners are. Yeah. So, and then uh, the big part there is uh, Maddox is questionable. He got a limited practice in today. We're recording uh, Thursday as usual. He and Lane Johnson were both limited, and then um, AJ Brown, full Wednesday, limited Thursday. They listed him as non-injury, so I guess he's fine. Um, 
But yeah, this Maddox is the one I wanted to touch on just because him being out was a big part because they had to bring um, CJ GJ down into the slot. And right. that made safety weaker because they didn't want to put Josiah Scott out there because he's been terrible. Um, so if if Maddox plays, which it looks like he is on track to, then they'll have CJ GJ at safety and they'll you know be able to guard Kittle a little better. But it's still going to be the easier matchup with um, than the receivers have because the even like even if the slot weakness was a thing, the uh, the Niners run a lot of two receiver sets, so they're not really able to take full advantage of like a third corner in general. So I think that'll affect a lot of how much I like maybe Debo or Ayuk. Yeah. My, my guess is Maddox plays. Yeah. If Maddox plays, I don't know. That makes it a little bit more difficult. So then the Niners offense, they really don't have like, you know, conform to any conventional norm <laughs> in terms of like how they line up their receivers. Because Debo could line up in the slot and then swing around back for like a jet sweep. Yeah, that's that's what makes it tough to like identify a specific matchup from their perspective. Right. That's just why I, I will Kittle. say they're probably going to try to shut down uh, McCaffrey. Yeah, I he, imagine that'll be a big part of their game. Yeah, he's a big factor here. Um, he and Eli Mitchell both have not practiced this week. Uh, CMC said he's going to play, which like okay, my guess is that both play and there's a chance both don't practice at all and they both play just because it's like okay like just be healthy like (laughs) we've had enough practices just be healthy um i was laughing yeah i was laughing during the broadcast last week because mark sanchez i think he said cmc's calf was barking (laughs) and it made me chuckle (laughs) which i will say mark sanchez is becoming one of my one of my favorite commentators i like him a lot he's good in the role yeah, he, he's solid. I think it makes sense for, like, like not, like, I, I, I'll say backup caliber QBs to, like, be good announcers. <laughs> because, like, there's the understanding of the game, just not, like, that, like, top-level, like, skill. And that's why a lot of, like, backup QBs make, like, good coaches. And, like, Kellen Moore, as I like, know, see, like, that's why it makes sense. Like, they, they have the understanding, just not the ability to, like, execute, like, all the stars. So, right. I think he's got the, like, you know, the know-how to, like, break it down and comment on it but he's not like why didn't you make this amazing play (laughs) right um one of the things that i liked to bring up with the niners in dallas was that i thought the niners were just a much more physical team i think in this case both teams are very very physical yeah that philadelphia o-line really is i mean i think it's probably the best in football if not it's easy top three yeah the Chiefs O-line is very good, and um, like the Lions, they're not in right in the playoffs right now. But yeah, The Niners O-line is pretty solid, too. The Niners O-line is very good. They're more of the finesse style, where they have just insane scheme and coaching. Like, I was watching and some Trevor of their Williams. offensive line play. It's absolutely, like, disgusting how much those guys have to learn. Yeah. Like, <laughs> how te- I would say, technically, they are the best o-line from a technical standpoint uh power wise though that's philly <laughs> uh-huh yeah they're they're, they're just, just massive huge. yeah on both sides that's like on yeah. both sides of the ball their d-line is just massive it's absurd like jordan davis is a massive man like whatever yeah. he's in like their run d is just unstoppable and we, we've talked about 
that and the secondary being the strength, but the linebacker being like the weakness. That's where I'm really intrigued by CMC actually. Here, I think as a pass catcher, he's going to have to have a big role because the ideal situation is getting him like on linebackers running routes. Like, I think that's what they're going to try to go for here. Whether it's yeah. him out of the backfield or CMC or, or Debo out of the backfield, or like they pull CMC out and then put him in the slot and then like. He get like basically if you get him a mismatch on a linebacker running a route, like that's probably the goal, I'm gonna guess. Yeah. So it makes me like Debo a little bit more though, because I think they're gonna have to get creative. Yeah, I and... like I like Debo more than I UQ. Same. Debo. But I think the fact that we're talking about like all the unique things they'll have to do, which they can do and they do do with the 49ers, but it's a lot tougher, we're thinking. Yeah, path to victory is a lot harder for the Niners here. Mm, but they're gonna have to do that kind of Ravens thing against the Bengals, <laughs> or they have to get they have to get real creative to make things work. If they if they can get if if their O line like wins the trench matchup, they could win this game. Oh yeah, like that's that's the sticking point pretty much is like does their O line beat the Philly D line enough to just dominate the run game? They're definitely one of the best coached in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I watched some of that tape and they're like, they're doing these crazy gap scheme or no, they're doing a zone scheme, but they're faking like they're doing gap. And then just the, the Dallas defense had no fucking idea who was getting like, who was going to be blocking them. And there, you saw it on the McCaffrey touchdown where he just waltzed. Oh yeah. No one remotely close to him. Yeah. And there's like the guy who's the far right tackle comes all the way around and ends up blocking from the inside outward towards the pylon. And I'm just like, this is like brain surgery. (laughs) Holy shit. Yeah. I, one of the reasons I'd like, I love to give Trent Williams his flowers on his plays because like his ability to like do like, it's not just him pulling, but when I really see some of like the really crazy stuff, a lot of times it is him. And his yeah. his ability to pull and get to the spot as quickly as he does all the time is like the it's engine of his offense. Like how like quick he is for mm-hmm. how fucking massive he is. Cause like Jason Kelsey does similar kind of thing, but Kelsey is like six two, two seventy five. Mm-hmm. Trent Williams is what, like six eight, four hundred pounds? He's absurdly <laughs> huge, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, I did watch one where fucking Kelsey pancaked someone who was 6'4", 375, <laughs> and he's like 6'2", 275. This game's going to be really, like, I feel like every former lineman is going to be, like, all over this game. <laughs> yeah, this is a lineman game. Yeah, this is a great trench matchup game. I'm excited for it. I'll be glued to this one. This is such a good tape watching yeah. game. That was me during the uh, Eagles, or the, sorry, the Bengals-Ravens game. I was, like, sitting there just, like, watching then have like three tight ends and Patrick Ricard and like do some funny ass run stuff on the Bengals. I'm like, this is hilarious. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this I'm, I'm excited for this game, but I, as, as much as we're talking about like, you know, giving Sanford their credit for the line, I do think there is a chance. I don't, I don't want to say womps, but like I, I'm taking Philly to cover because I think, I do think Philly is, clearly the better spot in this matchup yeah they're they are the more complete team Mm -hmm. they have the only thing they're really weak at is linebacker and that's essentially it and even their linebackers i think are good in run defense now they've gotten better over the season 
Um, but their linebackers are not great in coverage, so that will be the CMC matchup. But, yeah, overall, like, I kind of do think Philly wins this, and I'm going to agree with you there that they do cover the spread. Not that I wouldn't love to see the Niners fulfill my wishes and make it to the Super Mm -hmm. Bowl, but they've got a much harder path to victory. Yeah, I've still got a root against Shanny. Sorry, still salty, you know. (laughs) (laughs) But next up, we've got Cincy at Kansas City. We both have Cincy. The total is now 48, and the spread has gone back and forth a lot. But as of now, it is KC minus one. I think it'll stay there. I think this is the, okay, Mahomes is going to be mostly Mahomesian going into going into Sunday. Yeah. And he might be a little hobbled, but he's going to be on a lot of drugs. <laughs> I'm not, I'm like really curious what his ankle status is and what the actual injury is. Because if it really is high ankle sprain and he's playing on it, like no matter like what level of painkiller they give him, like I don't know how, like I don't know if, if being 100% is possible like, there was, like, that, like, tweet I put in about him at practice, and, like, his hurt ankle was clearly, like, had worse balance. Like, so, obviously, he's not 100%, but is he close enough that the tape and the painkillers could get him, like, you know, above 90%? <laughs> yeah. And one of the things that, um, I, Rogers was on McAfee yesterday and actually had a pretty good interview. Um, basically, like... The difference between what Mahomes can do and other guys is that even if Mahomes can't scramble, he's still like an outstanding pocket passer. So it's it's still fine. I think they're nine and zero when Mahomes is hurt and that's not scrambling. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> something absurd. like that. Yeah, he's still very good from the pocket. The extra stuff, all of the you know crazy awesome you know Showtime plays. <laughs> are very fun to watch, but they're not really what make him the dominant quarterback that he is. At least that was his take. And I was like, you know, that's a fairly good point is that he can still just house it from the pocket to anybody. <laughs> what does that mean? Like worst person, you know, actually makes a good point. Like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, like Mahomes is still like one of, if not the best, just pocket passers in the league, even when he's stuck there. So, Yeah. This is going to be a great game. It's in Arrowhead. I know that... Burrowhead? No. Burrowhead? <laughs> <laughs> that the Bengals have had, the, you know, the Chiefs number the past few times. Um, but this will be a really good game. Yeah, I. this was a tough one to break down for me. Like, Niners, Eagles felt a little more, almost, I guess, straightforward in terms of, like, spots to attack. But I couldn't really, like, get there here. Like, what I was, like, going through to make bets... Like, honestly, like, was not really confident in anything, like, in this game, bet-wise. Except for, like, maybe, like, Chase touchdown, but that was, like, about it. Yeah. I, I can see the Chase touchdown. In fact, I think Chase first touchdown is actually one that I liked. <laughs> I have him as the banger here. He he does kind of bonk the Chiefs. What concerns me is that a big part of Cincinnati's defensive like identity as a whole is their ability to shut down the run game and Kansas city doesn't like they can have a good run game, but they're not really tied to it. Um, and it doesn't really matter that much if they can or can't run the ball. And they've got a lot of pass catchers and you know, you only have so many corners on a team, even though the Bengals corners have all collectively played well, 
Like they could go like four wide. Yeah, that was that was the part like I was talking about with uh, Mikol like possibly being back and like they have Tony this time around. Like yep. that, even if individually they're not a huge boost, like just having more viable options and like you know, as much as I've shat on Mikol so much, like a ton, um, he 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 started to show kind of signs of actually getting better this year, and then he got hurt. Ooh. So having him like and he is a i'll say weapon is the best way to put it like so having yeah. him back actually is very helpful it's like for the red zone offense just because it gives you know someone else you have to someone else you have to account for um exactly when you have him and tony there's you know less justin watson less mvs <laughs> like <laughs> they've shown no desire to really try to get sky Moore going right now like which i mean makes sense to the playoffs not the time to try to develop the rookie um so it's yeah, it's gonna be fun. Like it's the always the tough part is like who who's it gonna be? That's always the hardest part to figure out. And a lot of times you'll say oh, Kelsey, yeah. but Cincinnati has by you know comparatively done a pretty good job against Kelsey, especially this this time this year. Like with no Tyreek, they could they pretty much just said okay, we're gonna focus on Kelsey and let yeah. that be that. And I, I assume that's gonna be the game plan again. So it's gonna open things up for the wide receivers more. And it's just a matter of like, okay, do you do you pick correctly on the, on the receivers? Um, I know, and that's really tough. If anything, I think Kelsey might be a bit more of a blocker um, because they could just, you know, disperse the ball out to any of their various wide receivers that they've got. Yeah, could be Juju, yeah, Tony, Meikle, MVS, Watson, like. He's gonna spread it around. He's gonna have to. Yeah, I do. I do think Miko comes back at this point because he's gotten limited practice in. Like, there, obviously, we have to keep a watch on it. That's that's like he's like actually questionable. But if he maybe pickle in, I'd say he comes back. There, I saw it's possible Ceh and Jody Fortin return, but I don't know if they do. Slash, if Ceh does come back, I don't know if he plays at all. Um, Willie Gay's coming back on and off the field. Um, <laughs> Kappa and Jonah Williams. Uh, I did not practice Thursday. With linemen, I think the main thing is to keep an eye on the Friday. If if they don't do anything Friday, then it's not looking great. If they do get something on Friday, then I feel I feel pretty good about them playing. And then uh, Hurst got added as a limited today with the calf. Uh, so keep an eye on him. I think he'll still go. But I think he missed time with the calf earlier. But it might just be, you know, the grind. Yeah. Man, this is going to be a crazy game. Yeah. With, with the receivers, I was kind of digging in a little bit. One of the things I, I was looking at was actually like the, you know, regression candidates on touchdowns and who like basically who's going to get the touchdowns because that's kind of what you have to nail here. Um, MVS did get one last week. Juju's pretty overdue and it, from a yardage standpoint. So I depending on where you get the odds at, I don't mind him as like any time touchdown just because he he's on the field the most getting the most targets in this offense of the receivers. So I think it's that's a fair bet that you bank on, you know, best receiver in this game on the on the Chiefs side. I mean, like for the for the Chiefs best receiver, like probably has to come through here. Then there's the aggression, and then also Tony has Tony. a ton of red zone targets. Yeah. If if Mikol comes back, that makes it a little tougher because they use Mikol a lot in the red zone too, like on the end rounds and shit. But mm-hmm. Tony's got like eight red zone targets already on not like very many total targets and not many snaps. Like, so they're they're getting him in, in like, high leverage situations. I do like Tony because 
Tony can't block, but Juju can block. So if they need to do some, you know, creative wide receiver scheming, you know, mm-hmm. you're going to have Juju doing some blocking so that Tony can take it, you know, to the house as he does. Um, I'm really, I, I forgot about the Juju versus Cincinnati thing. Uh-huh. <laughs> We're getting that back too. Yep. So I still like Juju. I just think that Juju will also, will be used in a lot of ways. Whereas I think they're going to try to get the ball into Tony's hands. Mm-hmm. Cause you get Tony one-on-one with like a safety, a Cincy safety. They've been or Eli good, Apple. but that's, yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> Eli, Eli Apple's been playing, playing solid, but you know, he's still Eli Apple. Yeah. We unfortunately know that Eli Apple is prone to uh, ups and downs. <laughs> there's a reason there's the burnt toast meme. <laughs> um, for the running backs, so we, we mentioned the KC running game not like being super important, but one thing that they've done this year is they've been, even if sparsely used, highly effective when they are used. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing. Like we like every every week it's oh Pacheco's probably gonna, you know, get, you know, fourteen touches, get you seventy five yards, which is a good football day, but not a good fantasy day. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a matter of who gets the touchdowns. Um if you're picking McKinnon or Pacheco, who are you going with here? I mean, the Bengals' run D is good in between the tackles there. Mm-hmm. I would probably lean McKinnon. That's where I'm but, at. But, yeah. Yeah, it's it's not like <laughs> a great love for either of them, but like pe- people got to get the ball, people got to score, so. I do think that Pacheco can catch, though, so there might yeah, be they're getting some the more times like where maybe he's back there and it would be a situation where Mahomes normally scrambles if his ankles is, you know, is in a hundred percent, maybe he does just do a dump off to Pacheco. Mm-hmm. So I do think there's some PPR upside for him. Yeah. It's probably a PPR boost for either of them, honestly. Definitely. Which they like, they did not pass the kid in like at all last week, which was kind of weird, but I, I think that'll come back this week. They that might've just been matchup based. Yeah. They, didn't, they didn't really like need it against Jacksonville because it was just the Kelsey show. <laughs> <laughs> the Kelsey show. But on the Bengals side, obviously, we talked about Chase. Like him. What or else you like on the Bengals? The curious one for me is whether or not I like Mixon this week. I don't think I do. So I'm kind of <laughs> torn because in the first matchup, they didn't have uh, Mixon. It was just P. Ryan, and he did really well. A lot of it was receiving-based. So... I'm okay with Mixon, not necessarily like it, from like a loving him running standpoint because the Chiefs' run has been fairly solid, um, and like where the Chiefs, you know, front is solid, they got Willie Gay back, like their D lines. Their run defense sucked at the beginning, and then it got better as mm. Spagnolo does. Yeah, it's pretty much like as long as they weren't playing Josh Jacobs, they were pretty good. Like, <laughs> but that's like that's that was most teams. So, uh, yeah, they. And like Josh Jacobs breaks tackles, but Mixon doesn't. That's kind of yeah. <laughs> that's the other thing. But from a receiving standpoint, like I think that first game, P. Ryan got like six receptions or something. I can double check. But was that week ten, week thirteen, something like that? I'm looking at it now. Uh, week thirteen, yeah, he had. So P. Ryan did rush twenty one times for ten for sorry one of six yards. But the big thing was the seven targets, six catches, forty nine yards, mm. and. Not saying that'll all be Mixon. Like, Piran will get some work, too. Like, he'll come in, spell Mixon, pass block. But, I mean, their receiving work will be there for whoever's in at the time. So, I'm, I'm fine 
with Mixon. That's why I wrote Cincinnati are running back PPR just because that always that's always the thing against the Chiefs. Part of it's game script, but part of it is matchup too. Like that's that's where they give up some of their points is just the running back PPR like out of the backfield like that, whether it just be screens or dump offs or whatever. That's just kind of where they opt to be soft. Yeah, I also have to say I think I like Boyd. Juan Thornhill is back. I don't know if he was there in their first meeting. He was kind of in and out this season with injury. But my, I imagine he'll be sort of double teaming whoever the deep threat is on any given play. He he was playing in the first matchup. Did he? Yeah. But the big thing was I I don't remember who they had slot and outside, but they didn't have uh. Jalen Watson as a full-time player. They were going with Joshua Williams, who was pretty bad. So that's what I was looking at is Joshua Williams. Is uh, is Watson going to be the slot corner? So they, what they've done, which hilariously last week, they so they had gone back and forth on Snead and McDuffie in the slot and outside. Last week, they put Snead back in the slot and had McDuffie outside. But what they'd been doing the last like five weeks prior was Snead outside McDuffie in the slot, which I assume they'll do again here. So... Just because I think that Watson is the other outside guy. Yeah, because I assume they'll want Snead for Chase. Probably. But I, I could be wrong. I, th- I think that's what they did in Week 13, and I'll double-check that. But If that's the case, I'd rather have Higgins. Like, if they're going to – because McDuffie's good. If McDuffie's mm-hmm. going to be in the slot – His issue is tackling, rather... though. Yeah, his... yeah, he doesn't tackle. <laughs> um, but he is good in, like, identifying coverage and yeah you know for a rookie he's done pretty well um, i trust him a lot more <laughs> than i do their other corners all right so week 13 has this loads let's see so they had so week 13 they had mcduffie out wide and sneed at the slot and then i think it was still joshua williams outside on the other side okay yeah so now joshua williams has been benched and they've had watson outside um so basically so weeks i think it did someone did they have someone get hurt is why they had to put mcduffie in sooner i forget or no oh mcduffie got hurt okay yeah mcduffie got hurt and then fenton got hurt too so anyway so mcduffie came back week nine and played outside and then in week 16 17 they put him in the slot same with week 18 then last week they put him back outside again Jeez. So and they they had, had Sneed in the slot a lot this year, and then put him back outside of week 16, 17, 18, and then put him back in the slot last week. So based on week thirteen, they had Sneed in the slot and McDuffie outside. Which again, if we're talking about his issue being tackling and Chase is outside, <laughs> that's not necessarily a great yeah, thing. Which that, weirdly enough. I know he's a lot smaller than Higgins, but I wonder if they would put him on Higgins. But Joshua Williams is like their bigger outside corner, so I could see them putting him on Higgins. Yeah, he's like six three. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious how they decide to. Or sorry, no, Joshua. Sorry, Joshua Williams was uh, the one that got mentioned. Jalen Watson's still bigger than Snead, but not by yeah, a lot. He's like six two. Uh huh. So I I think they'll probably do yeah Watson outside up still, and then uh. Yeah, I'm not sure what they'll do with Steed and McDuffie. Hmm. Yeah, week week thirteen it was Steed in the slot, so I guess we'll have to see what they what they pick. I'd imagine they would change that. 
I could be wrong because they're gonna try some new things because they lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think I want McDuffie and Watson handling Chase. No, that's my that's my thought. <laughs> so, but I would, I would imagine you want Sneed, right? Yeah, I would say so. But I, I'm trying to remember like who who did he burn in his like 200 yard game? Was that Sneed or was that Ward when he was still there? I don't remember. I don't remember. <laughs> so, yeah. So I, I think the gist of it is Chase is going to be a mismatch for whomever he gets probably. But yep. I, I think they'll put Snead outside, but I'm not positive. Um, outside of Chase, though, got all those running backs. Uh, yeah, it's, I guess it's, you know, the other outside matchup is going to be Watson, which will you know most likely be Higgins a lot of the time. Or, or it could be McDuffie, but... I think Higgins is like five inches taller than McDuffie, right? And he's better than Watson, so that's probably an easy, like a you know beneficial. That's why it makes sense to me if they put McDuffie in the slot with Boyd, yeah, and then you put Snead outside and Watson outside. You put Snead on Chase and Watson on uh on Higgins. Yeah. So what based on situation? So if they have McDuffie in the slot, who's your preference outside of Chase? Then I want Higgins. All right. If they put McDuffie outside, uh, do you still want Higgins, or what? What, what would you be going with there? Probably because McDuffie is so much shorter than Higgins. Yeah. So I, I think I think Higgins is our is our second pick here. Yeah. And then as far as Hayden Hurst goes, I I haven't really had any like lean one way or the other. I'm curious how much really he'll have either. to block too. My my guess is he will have to block a good amount. I still think he'll be fine, though. Like, I think he'll be... Yeah, it's not as not juicy as best. last week, but... Yeah, exactly. Because I think last week was what they literally called out with, like, oh, the Bills are down a lot of safeties. Yep. Yeah, and the first matchup, yeah, he didn't do a whole lot in the first matchup. Oh, wait, he got hurt in that first matchup, didn't he? Mm-hmm. That's right. Oh, yeah. Huh. So I guess we, we never know what would happen there. He, he did get two targets for 12 yards on his nine snaps, but... A... Yeah, I think he'll be fine. They're gonna have to use everyone. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'm gonna take my Mixon uh, take <laughs> and sort of hold that on whether or not we get their linemen back. That's fair. Yeah, I think if you have both the linemen back, then I'm much more comfortable playing him. But if they're both out, that being Williams and Kappa, that makes me not very excited. Yeah, running back is tough this week. Like, when I'm making my lineups, like, running back's the last one I'm picking every time. Yep. So I'm like, all right, I like Kittle, I like Chase, I like the Philly receivers. Like, I hadn't, I hadn't thought through the other Cincy receivers, so now I've got Higgins there. It's like, you know, pick a random Kansas City receiver, but running back's tough. It's like, do I go with CMC? Do I hope Mixon catches passes? Do I... Say fuck it and play like P Ryan and McKinnon and just go with the pass catching running backs in that game. Like it's it's a tough call. So like for me, I'm just kind of saying like fuck it, whatever fits running back wise for DFS this week. So right, just go with the price. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm not really like putting a ton of effort into picking the right running back necessarily. It's just like whatever makes sense. Like you know, if I end up with Mixon and Cincy D, like okay, like <laughs> weird, but it happens. Like if I end up with you know pacheco and kansas city d it's fine like, it's not like a thing where i'm like loving it it's just like okay whatever fits and makes sense of the lineup is how i'm rolling it you could also go with the team you're most confident in winning if you yeah. think the eagles are Which the most be confident miles that you'd go with miles <laughs> i will is, say uh... 
I will say I'm not gonna play Kenneth Gamewell this week. It, there's a small chance that ice me, but I think he goes like way over rostered based off of last week. Oh yeah, I mean he he got all of his points last week in absolute garbage time, yeah. basically. So I mean I'm not I, I haven't looked at the unders for him, but I probably should. Whatever those are, just because like yeah, you know. that they're too high. Yeah. Now that I like I love Sanders, but you know maybe the, maybe he'll play more this week. <laughs> <laughs> They hate him still, though. <laughs> they hate him still. <laughs> oh, gosh. But, yeah, oh, I'm... Don't want me, man. Yeah, this game's tough. The total's 48. And I... Listen. That's annoying. I'm ter- I'm terrible at totals. But if you're making me pick it, I think I would say under. I'm really not sure. Just because of... 24 is kind of like a generic score I think of when I think of these two teams playing. And that is over. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think it... I, I guess I should say, like, this is a billion percent accounting for Mahomes being sort of gimpy. Because if Mahomes is healthy, right. this is, like, 53. Yeah. So, maybe, I, yeah, maybe I'm just going to say it's, like, I, I'm not betting on the totals in either of these games. Because it's at the point now where these totals are so fucking accurate that it sucks to try to bet on it. Yeah, like, the Chiefs basically haven't, they, outside of that Colts game... Where they put up 17. <laughs> they basically are good for 24 points every week. Mm-hmm. Um, so like 27-24 might literally be my prediction. In which case I'll probably just t- stick with the over. But I, I know what you're saying. I don't it's I don't think this is a, a fireworks show by any means. No. Yeah, the Chiefs that. are inconsistent. They sometimes have stretches of just nothing. And then stretch. But they are going to score at some point. Yeah. But it's not the entire game ever. Yeah, it's it's all it's all just dependent on Mahomes' ankle. Like, if you think it's good, you take the over. If you think it's not good, you take the under, probably. But yeah. But again, like I said, like I don't know what the value is in that, just because like the, this total is accounting for his ankle already. So it's a spread. So. Do you have any inclination on the other game on the over under? Um, that's tough. Forty six and a half. Because like, so I was looking at the paces this week. And the, the the Bengals and Chiefs are a lot closer in pace, but the 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 San Fran like goes at such a slow pace, but the Eagles go like super fast. So, but the defense are good enough that I'm like, my first like, oh, like the offenses can be efficient. Maybe we're over, but I'm like, oh, like the defenses are good. Maybe we're under, and like the pace for the San Fran is kind of bad. Maybe we're under. Like, it. I guess how if you're making me pick, I'll say under, but. I think on that one, I might lean over as again, which I hate the fact that I'm thinking that for both games. But when Philly is looking like Philly, they put up like 38 points. And that's <laughs> that's like most of the over under right there. If I, if I could get like a first half over and a second half under, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's Philly for you. But yeah, I, I, I don't again, the totals on these games like I'm not. I'm not good at bet them. I'm not. I, I said throughout the year, I found out I'm not good at totals, and like we're at the point where they're so accurate that I'm not gonna even try to fucking fool with it. So, <laughs> um, oh yeah. The, so bet wise, I mentioned a little tougher here. I think the juju anytime touchdown you could get okay odds on. Like I saw like plus two seventy earlier, like plus two sixty something like that. Um, Chase anytime touchdown. You uh, his his receptions total. It was at six and a half. I I like over that. Um, and then I did so. Okay, 
this one's like not like a high probability one, but I was looking at like the different sites on it. Um, you can get like an alternate chase yards of like 110 or more and then to any time, two touchdowns, which again, low probability event, but I thought it was interesting that on DraftKings you got like plus 900 that on FanDuel you got like plus like 1350 or something. So I did, I did do that on FanDuel, not for like a ton, just because I'm like, okay, like there's a big value discrepancy here. I'm just going to take this just because I like Chase this week. Um, that's that's like one of the things I've been looking at a lot is like, oh, like the different books offering like different odds on stuff and like letting you parlay different things. So yeah, like FanDuel now is letting me parlay the receptions, but DraftKings wasn't. So as as much as I shit on their app, the FanDuel, FanDuel definitely gives me a lot more um, like bet match stuff. Like, oh, like bet $50 in same game parlays and get that matched. I'm like, like okay, like that's like no risk. I'm going to do that. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> yeah, DraftKings is mostly like uh, they give you like odds boosts more than like bet matches, which, you know, that can be fine too. But like there's still the risk is still there when you get like your bet match. That's just like, OK, like I'm going to do this because I'm going to make this bet anyway. And you're telling me I get a, I get it matched. Perfect. Cool. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. But was there anything with this game or the last game you wanted to get out before we before we depart? No, I think we about covered it. I'm looking forward to them. Mm-hmm. They're going to be electric. My favorite weekend. Um, so far, I will. I think really quick. So far in the playoffs, I think we've been doing pretty well. Our player takes have been like spot on. Okay, so last week, Kelsey and CD fucking carried me, and that we mm-hmm. in the all weekend because those are the two guys we had like bold purple text. I'm like, these are my <laughs> two like. For sure, bangers. Everyone else, I have no fucking clue. But these guys are bangers, and they were literally the top two fantasy scores on the weekend at carry my lineups. And yep. like the week prior, like I, I can't remember who all we had, but like we nailed, we've been nailing our player takes. Yeah, like in our totals, you're eight and two. I'm nine and one. Our spreads, I'm three and zero. Oh, you're two and zero. Oh. Over under, meh. I think I'm four and two. I've just been You've kind been of like, ignoring the over. You're like fuck the over under. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I respect that. Yeah, it's uh that's why i love the playoffs because like the uh a lot of the stuff that should happen you know it's it's football so it's random but like the matchups that they should attack they do they don't like fuck about so they they don't fuck around and they're the the effort to getting the technical aspect as close to perfect as possible really lends itself to the kind of discussions that we have Mm mm-hmm because, like, if we talk about how a team has a shitty run defense and this team can exploit it with the run game, but then the team doesn't do that because they're the Green Bay Packers and they're stupid, <laughs> then it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, at this point, like, the teams left are smart. Like, they're, they're doing what right. they should. Yeah. So, but to recap, so the first game, we both have Philly. Uh, we think they'll both cover, uh, as far as matchups goes, the Philly pass game, especially the receivers have the beneficial matchup. I think we were both kind of into the Kittle idea with him having the easier path and then uh, Debo over Ayuk and some upside intrigue but trepidation on CMC. Um, and then for second game, we would have Cincy and for picking them to win, for picking them to cover. Chase is our banger. Aside from that, it's it's pretty uh, nebulous on who's getting the fucking ball. So. Yep. <laughs> I did want to add, I don't love Goddard this week. I think he could get a touchdown because he's a huge red zone target. 
Um, and he's just part of the offense like that. But I do think he will spend a lot of time blocking the outside. Yeah. I forgot I'm, to mention that. Yeah. I'm with you there. Like, make, yeah. He'll have to block. And then the matchups are so much easier for the receivers, I think. And he's good at blocking. Yeah. He is actually good at it. <laughs> yeah. He's really awesome receiver, obviously. But, yeah, he's actually a capable blocker, too. So. <laughs> but, alas. Yeah. Man. We're almost at Super Bowl. I know. Yeah, well, yeah, we got two weeks after this, man. <laughs> what are we going to do next week? Talk about the flag football Pro Bowl? And... <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah. We'll, 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 prob- we'll probably take that week off and then come back for the Super Bowl. But um, yeah. in the meantime, we'll, I'll definitely make sure to get a Super Bowl article up since we'll have all the time. Um, and you can find that on mozzieandthemuscle.com. Um, you can find us on Twitter at mozzieandmuscle. Trying to do a little more tweeting lately. Tweeted about the Kansas City receiver uh charcuterie board we have uh and uh yeah you know where to find us to podcast if you're already here so thank you for tuning in and we will be back in two ish weeks for the super bowl